What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm afraid of Artiaga. Chris Kaufman is here. Simon Clancy is not here because it's award season again in London. So, Chris. Uh, what are we, are we giving? What award are we giving him? I don't know. He has uh, he has so many at this point, but that I, I believe that's what he's doing right now. Or he's skimping mm-hmm. out on our on our offensive free agency preview, which is we're gonna bring some news on this show, by the way. Well, so, I, not not to brag, but um, just just uh, about a month ago, um, I did receive an award. Uh, really? Yeah, uh, I'm part of an NFL um, pick'em group where uh, we pick against the spread, and you know, you you have to pick your seven pointer, your five pointer, your three pointer, you know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And um, but you pick all of the games, and um, and I've, I've I've won it before. I've won the um, the the tro- like there's there's twenty some odd people participating. Um, I've won it before and got the the plaque. But this year I got the special award, which is a construction helmet with um, uh, a certain uh. uh sexual implement glued on top of it because I forgot to make my picks like five weeks. <laughs> so that was your, uh, your, your award. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say it outright. It's a dildo helmet. Okay. Yeah. In my fantasy league, in my money fantasy league, uh, the loser of the league is, which means the guy who finishes dead last in the league by points and record. Mm-hmm. Is known as the shithead for an entire year, and he's required to wear a cap that has a plastic ball of crap on top of it. Yeah, well, that's 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 similar, except this is a um, yeah, this is this is not this is not a uh, this is not fake poop. This is yeah, a- and I'm proud that I'm proud to announce that I've never won the shithead award in my in my fantasy league, but yeah. I am, however, the Buffalo Bills of my fantasy league because I've been to four Super Bowls and you know how many I've won. What? A zero. Ah. Uh, I did have last year. Last last year I had a strong uh, fantasy. I I don't play fantasy as often as people think. Probably, I probably think I do. And um, and uh, I I was in one league last year and no leagues this year. And uh, I won the league last year. Um, so I was pretty proud of that. But I figured, you know, what's the use of having won, you know, this whole big pick'em league, which comes with a big cash prize, by the way, um, and uh, but not having gotten, not having gotten the bottom award, what, not having gotten the, you know, you got to have both. Yeah, uh, you got to have, you got to have your name on the plaque, and also, you know, keep the keep the <laughs> the, the helmet for for here. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I also have a very, very uh, uh, dubious distinction in my league, which is I've managed to have the number one seed and the points championship, which is the regular season championship, the the team that had the most points in the regular season, right? 
mm-hmm. and the one seed, which brings a buy. Okay, because in my in in my league, uh, it's a twelve team league, and seven teams make the playoffs, and we have the same system as the NFL, which means only one team has a buy, and everybody else plays in the wild card round, right? I have the dubious distinction of of having three number one seeds and three points championships and losing in the first round all three years. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've done that, yes. Mm. As always, so, yeah. this show is brought to you by PrizePix. Use promo code 5, F-I-V-E. By the way, I got a PrizePix going right now. Okay, so I'll be, I'll be tuning in pretty soon to a Utah game. And... If you deposit $100, it's a one-time rollover, which means it's essentially free, okay? It's a free $100 bet. Take it. Promo code 5, F-I-V-E. Of course, BetterEdge.com. Go to BetterEdge.com slash the number 5 reasons, and you get $25 just for signing up. All right. This is our offensive or offensive (laughs) NFL free agent preview. Well, it, it's already offensive because I just talked about the dildo helmet. <laughs> and uh, we're going to cover certain spots here that I believe the Dolphins are going to be in on. We will break a little news toward the end of the show or the second half of the show. Uh, that's a that's an old tease. Like, you know, because if I break the news right now, people will listen and they turn off the show. <laughs> you don't no. Yeah, so what you got to do is you got to break the news like toward the end and keep them like hanging the whole show until they get to that point where we break the news and then then they can leave. Okay, Alf, you mean to tell me you mean to tell me to suggest that some of our listeners don't get all the way through our two hour episodes? (laughs) No, 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 that's no way. Right. No, yeah. surely you jest. You know, it's also, you know, like, you know, not that I would force anybody to listen through the entire episode and then listen to it again and again and again and just put on a loop like while mm. they sleep. You can mute That's it. That's what I do. Okay, That's what you I can do. mute it, right? Because if you do that, it runs through our ads. And you know what happens when our ads get heard, like theoretically mm. heard? Little, mm. you know, uh, little dollar signs start. Like, you know, like. Like nickels, like yes. like like a little like throwing one in a jar. That's, that's <laughs> exactly. It. So every time you hear like a verbal ad, <laughs> but I, I, I'll put it. I'll put it on. I put it on as my white noise at night. The sound of my own voice always puts me to sleep. <laughs> all right, that's enough. All right, we we bored our listeners enough with all this banter. I was sure. a backup quarterback because that Jeff Darlington tweet. Oh my god, it was orgasmic. I felt so good. You know what? I feel like in the time it felt it was, like taking a shit. That, that in tweet. the space in the space between our last episode and this episode, we signed every an, quarterback an entire quarterback man. controversy went through its complete cycle. <laughs> yes. Like it wasn't there, and then it was there, and then it got heavier, and then you got like you know multiple people oh you know getting getting on it, and then it's got squashed like an hour ago. <laughs> Or a couple hours ago. Yes. Jeff Darlington. Uh, thank you. Our 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 our, our prince. Our our mm-hmm. knight in shining armor. Uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, he uh, in case nobody knows, uh, he came in, he said, Yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson, no, uh, not a dolphin. Is not well, going to be a Miami Dolphin. 
it all started it all started with and, and this is this is literally i think when the the genesis of it at the combine um and the dolphins did their usual mike mcdaniel and chris greer uh or i think maybe just chris greer talked at the uh the start of the combine um mike mcdaniel did as well that's right um and one of the questions you know was about the the fifth year option for Tua Tungavaloa and um and Chris Greer just kind of casually mentioned you know yeah well there there are a lot of you know a lot of factors about uh, enacting that fifth year so we have we have until May 5th May 1st to decide so you know we'll decide by May 1st you know we're, we're not gonna not necessarily gonna do it right now and and there's really no reason to do it before May 1st, in my opinion. Um, and that's, that goes for any quarterback. And uh, and that got the ball rolling. That got the ball rolling. Because then uh, then all of a sudden, Josina Anderson comes out with a, a, you know, a report, a tweet that suggests that the Dolphins are looking at all of their options, all quarterbacks this offseason, not just to a tongue of Aloha. Um, and then, you know, I think other people sort of picked up on that and, and there's always been sort of a thing between Lamar Jackson and, and the Dolphins. Cause honestly, I think Lamar, Lamar would like to play for the Dolphins. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, the, there's always been that thing. So it just, it just snowballed, it snowballed and snowballed. And now, you, and then you got, you know, our, our good friends at pro football talk over here <laughs> talking as if. It is a certainty that the <laughs> yeah. Dolphins are gonna are gonna jump in on Lamar Jackson after. Don't forget Rich Eisen. Like, Don't forget Rich Eisen. He's not in his his, his hands are not clean on this one. <laughs> he just riffs a little bit uh, on 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 his live show. I mean, he's you know, um, and he he did ask for people to really listen to the context, and I think that was important. But um, but yeah, so it just kept snowballing, and it's like. Come on. I mean, the Dolphins came out right at the end of the season and said Tua's the guy for next year. And Tua, you know, Tua's, we're still, we're still rolling with him. He's our guy. We'll get a backup, you know, that, that sort of thing. They said all that. And here I thought, shame on me uh, for thinking, oh, well, this this is going to be a, this is going to be a quiet off season then. We're not going to have all this Tua controversy all off season. Mm Mm-hmm. But little did I know, you know, <laughs> people can people can turn a fart into a hurricane, uh, and and I think, you know, that's that's what happened. Yeah, and and of course it was a it was a fun day, you know, with dueling the the dueling sources. Uh, mm-hmm. Ian Rappaport was nicer than Jeff Darlington, but credit has to go to the Dolphins because we kind of know who who put Jeff Darlington up to this, right? <laughs> Like well, you know, came... Jeff Darlington has great sources on the Dolphins. We know that. He, he's essentially a front office member. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Like, have you ever watched Jeff Darlington at Miami Gardens? Uh, he has, like, the run of the place. Like, he goes an- anywhere and everywhere. Like, uh, he, he is what Jay Glazer was to Brian Flores. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, but he's uh, he's also, like, the biggest Mike McDaniel cheerleader. So, yeah, that's what like... I'm saying. He's to Mike McDaniel what Jay Glazer used to be to Brian Flores, you know, yeah. like full run of the place. Like, you know, all. So, look, we're not going to talk well, that's about that's over. <laughs> yeah. Th- yeah. That's done. Thank God. We're not going to talk about Carson Wentz and Gardner Minshew because, and 
I hope this does not blow up in my face. But I was told, no, no, stop it. <laughs> stop mentioning those guys to me. Stop uh, it. Stop it with Gardner Minshew. You know, we always should have known that Gardner Minshew was not was not in it for the Dolphins because Daryl Bevel had him in Jacksonville. I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, but you know, he was sort of a you know, a local legend in Jacksonville. Um and and hadn't performed you know a little bit ryan fitzpatrick like you know um in jacksonville and then he ran into daryl bevel and and his offense and he didn't even last a preseason like he got traded for a beer can um and, and so you know that was that was never going to happen uh gardner Minshew, i i couldn't say anything either way on carson wentz i just know that there's been a kind of a dark cloud hanging around him um yeah and in fact and in fact they specifically mentioned or i've seen uh it specifically mentioned that you know that that one of the reasons he's out is he he can't they don't think he can function as like a backup quarterback and like he doesn't add to the quarterback room whatever that means you know and um and so and that's considering that was number one thing that Mike McDaniel said he was looking for last year in a backup. Yes. Um, you know, that, 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 that eliminates him too. Uh, so Gardner mentioned Carson once now. All right. Now we're going to get into a, a couple of names here before we settle on what I think, and maybe you could add to the, to the group of what I think is the, the more likely scenarios, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw some names out there. Okay. And I guess we could, we could go, back and forth on these a little bit. I don't think we could go mm-hmm. too much, too deep, too in depth here with yeah. these guys, but it's a certainty. I think if Jimmy Garoppolo wants to be the backup here, he'll be the backup here. But as basically he's, he's alluding to, he has a lot of suitors, including one that kind of makes sense, man, Houston, like why wouldn't Houston sign Jimmy Garoppolo, play him for a year. And whoever they draft is the quarterback next year. Like, that makes so much sense to me. And I think that might be where he goes. Well, and, and here's the thing, though. Um, it does make sense to ju- – it doesn't make sense to just hand the keys to Jimmy Garoppolo and expect that he's going to make it through, you know, even three quarters of the season hmm. um, because that's not his history. And this is a much more extensive history than – than what we've been talking about with Tua. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so no, that's not reasonable. What is reasonable is thinking that we're going to we're going to essentially handcuff Jimmy Garoppolo with a new rookie. There's four major quarterbacks in this class, right? In this in this um QB class, the draft. Yeah. So, handcuff him with one of the major major quarterback prospects that works. However, the problem there is that doesn't you you don't pay 35 35 million dollars or whatever 30 to 35 million dollars for that no you don't nobody does so jimmy's ask is going to have to come way down mm-hmm. i completely agree yeah, and I, the Raiders also make sense. It turns out that Josh McDaniel, I've been reading this, was actually a huge proponent for shit canning Tom Brady, and and handing the keys over to Jimmy Garoppolo. So yeah. m- maybe there's some strong feeling there, and maybe that's a landing spot. So we'll put him on the back burner because 
I think he's the Dolphins QB two. If the music stops playing in this game of musical chairs, and he's mm-hmm. just standing around like the John Travolta meme, like, okay, where am I going? Yeah, going? and, and that's he. That's exactly how it played out last year. Yes, last offseason, and and at the end of the day, the San Francisco 49ers were like, all right, fine, come back, you know, and we'll, yeah. we'll give you, we'll toss you this little contract that's loaded with incentives um, for playing time. And uh, I, I think Miami Dolphins could end up in exactly that position, that same position as the 49ers were last year. Um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, signing somebody that is ostensibly going to compete with uh, Skylar Thompson. But um, but at the end of the, you know, when the music stops playing, as you say, and Jimmy doesn't have anywhere to go, if he doesn't have anywhere to go by that point, then... Um, then yeah, then it could it could be it could work out. Now I'm going to mention a name. This guy was highly touted. I think we both liked him. Um, he went to a downtrodden, garbage, dumpster fire of a franchise, and they won a division and they won a playoff game. Yeah. Two years later, they throw him in the trash and they give the largest contract in the history of the sport to a guy that we don't particularly like too much as a human being, but is a fabulous quarterback, maybe. Well, at least he used to be. At least he used to be. He wasn't good last year. We haven't seen him be a good quarterback in like three years. (laughs) Yeah, that could be the worst contract in the history of sports. But Baker Mayfield is out there, and I don't know. Like, that's something that can get me a little excited if Tua has to sit a couple of games. Baker Mayfield with these weapons. Like, when did it go so bad for him? When did it become trash? When did when did it become QB2 fodder? Uh, is there a possibility here? Do you like him? I've always liked Baker Mayfield. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I, I do like him. Uh, and I think that I think that his strengths would actually play into the system too. Uh, and, but it's just a shame because, you know, the, I hate the, where there's smoke, there's fire thing, but, um, but the Browns, the Browns made it clear that when they went for the serial predator, Mm -hmm. they were doing it in large part to get a character upgrade. (laughs) <laughs> which is awful now what the fuck does that say about you as a person as a locker room personality as a player whatever that that's the case you know yes, like right? like seriously look you need to have you need to sit yourself in a dark room like aaron Rodgers for four days and <laughs> and do some internal contemplation um because seriously WTF. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield, that's and and considering I, I kind of think the Dolphins could take a different lesson into this offseason. It's just a pet theory of mine. But uh-huh. considering last offseason, Mike McDaniel's number one thing about this QB2 spot was how he functions in that uh, in that that quarterback room and how he, you know, how he backs up the starter and, and supports the starter and uh the signs aren't good that baker mayfield would be would be great at that 
No. No, 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 it's not. And and what does it say that the Rams pick them up and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? This is kind of sneaky here. You know what I mean? Uh, Matthew Stafford's not going to be there forever. He's an older guy. He's he's very injured too, or he's had some some serious, he had some serious health issues. Yeah. And he's had, yeah. And and he's had arm issues. And usually when a big arm guy has an arm issue, that's, that's a problem. Like it it goes, we saw it down here in Miami. It went downhill fast for Dan Marino. As soon as he had that shoulder injury. Yep. So Pinch, pinch nerve in the neck over. Yeah. And then they pick up Baker Mayfield and you're thinking to yourself, man, this is, this is a sneaky move here. Like this is kind of smart. Because he can, you know, he can be the understudy for a year or two. And then voila, it's the, you know, it's the summer of 2025. And in training camp, the starting quarterback is Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Rams don't want him anymore. <laughs> he was only there for three weeks. Well, which is so weird because, like, um, you know, he came in. He came in with, like, zero, almost zero prep, right? And won um, a game on Monday Night Football. And won a game. And won a game, you know, against the Raiders. Raiders, Knocked the Raiders out of the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's – but the Rams Rams don't want them. And, and, you know, like you said, when when you've been given up on by three teams, you're starting to look – it's starting to look Jeff George-ish. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And and that's that's not a place anybody wants to be. Yeah. All right, moving on. Okay. Uh, I don't think we want to be in the Sam Darnold business, unless unless you want to. You got to. Get... Darnold wants to be in the Sam Darnold business. <laughs> so, all right, we're moving on to Sam Darnold. Marcus Mariota, you want? Uh, do you like the symmetry there? You know, um, I don't know that he plays. I don't know that he plays well in this system. Uh, to be to be very honest with you, but you know, obviously there is a pre-existing relationship between he and Tua um, and and there would be reasons to believe that you know he would that he would function well as that QB2 um, maybe because of that relationship but also I mean there were there were questions over desire in um, in Atlanta um, and they and, sent him home that they, they yeah. told him go home <laughs> yeah and and that's, you know, I, I don't want to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna imply, but I don't want to say, but you know, I, I feel like we might have just gone through some issues with our our current QB two that way. Yes. And and so, I, you know, maybe they're gonna take a lesson from that. Yeah, and they'll move on, and I think we should too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was speaking today on a on a Bills podcast, and they're. They were giving me the Case Keenum might be done uh, signal, so we won't mention Case Keenum. He's 35. Uh, yeah. I, man, it caught up on him quick, right? Like, you would not have thought never, that. He was never that good to begin with. <laughs> he had that one year. You, he'll always have that magical year in Minnesota, okay, yeah. where he was so one of the best uh, quarterbacks in football. <laughs> so will, uh, so Matt, Matt Castle has that one year, you know. Like, Elvis <laughs> yeah. Gerbach had that one year, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about the, the real group right here. Okay, this is where I think the QB2 is probably going to come out of. Uh, Taylor Heineke, yep. Andy Dalton. I, uh, I've, I've, it's growing on me, okay? Yep. And then, the, and then the, the San Francisco guys, Nick Mullins, Nate Sudfeld, okay? Yep. Uh, I think that's the group. 
If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But you know, I, you, you couldn't QB. have you couldn't have gotten it better because frankly, that those four plus Jimmy Garoppolo were the exact. I, I wrote up a big, a big, whole big free agency preview on OnlyFans, mm-hmm. um, and and like and like zero people in the chat actually commented on it, which was funny. But um and but uh yeah, the five quarterbacks that I had were those five. So. Yeah, uh, well, where are you going with wait, man? Sorry. I, I, I got I sold. Didn't do Sudfeld. I didn't do Sudfeld. I did Mike White. Okay, yeah, Mike White uh, also lobbying to become the QB two here in Miami, and he actually mentioned QB two. Like he actually mentioned being, yeah, I would love to be the backup there. So that's that's kind of interesting. I saw him play in Minnesota, and he was he had that I'm gonna blow myself up and the team along with you. You know what I mean? Uh, type of thing, which I don't want in my QB2. You know what I want my QB2 to be? I want him to be wallpaper. I want him to be boring. And at the end of the game, we have more points than the other team. That was way I mean, too volatile. Okay? Yeah, he is a volatile player. He'll he'll either have an absolutely perfect game or an absolutely atrocious game. Not, and, um, not for me. Yeah, and that, that that is something to deal with. But something was explained to me today, and uh, I was told, Look, you don't have to think about it. Taylor Heineke won five games on a team that was not particularly good. He was five and three before they wanted to throw the keys to Sam Howell. He had them in the playoff race. He was a bad call in the end zone. I saw that call. That was pass interference in the end zone. Mm-hmm. That was a bad call. Remember that the Giants made this whole run and they won a playoff game? That could have been Washington yep. because Washington was playing that game at home for full control of that wild card spot. Okay. So that could have been Washington playing in that game. A bad call cost him that game. Cost cost Taylor Taylor Heineke his job. But he was five and three. Man, don't even think about it. Throw the money his way. He's the QB two, in my opinion. Did you know? You're, did you know that he runs a four six two? I did not know that. But now that you tell me that, I want him more. Crazy, huh? Yeah, I think that's where we're going. Right? That's what we want. You know, I think um, I think that that's that's a really good. I think that might be the best. I I actually worry that he might have um, better suitors than us. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know, and, and so that I am concerned about that. So that's why you know, I, honestly, I I think this could be heading toward though. Um, you know, Skylar Thompson. They played a playoff game with him, right? Mm-hmm. As a rookie, nearly won it. Like you talk about like uh, the scared of the unknowns thing um, or the devil, you know, right. Uh, How much, how much of, how much did, did the fear have to come fear factor have to come down having seen uh, Skylar Thompson go up into Buffalo and nearly win the, and, and, and nearly win the game as the backup quarterback Um, as a rookie. You know, so a, a low pick rookie. I think I think that there's something to be said there that it's not that they want him to be QB two. It's that they might feel like they're playing with house money a little bit hmm. because of that, to where they can take a chance and maybe wait out Jimmy Garoppolo, or maybe it's waiting out Taylor Heineke. Maybe maybe Taylor Heineke is the one that's playing. You know, kind of playing if the phone doesn't ring, it's me. Um, through the off season, trying to get that starter position and uh, and and not really getting the right the right uh, situation. 
But I think that the Dolphins may, because of that, they may just opt for somebody that's going to compete with Skylar Thompson. You know, like, a, a, you know, Taylor Heineke is going to be, and Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to be thinking that they're competing with Tua Tungvaloa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or they're going to treat it that way, you know? Uh, Nick Mullins and Mike White, they're going to be like, I got to beat out Skylar Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, so it's also so like the think, sweet spot. Mike White and Nick Mullins, 27 years old. Uh, I'm, I kind of dig that. Yeah. You know? I mean, they, Andy so Dalton they could, at 35. could go with one of those. And then, yeah. Andy Dalton and at 35. Seat. Andy Dalton at 35. Man, he's at that age where if you want to get this done, QB2 done, day one, day two of free agency, just, you know, that's one of the guys that you slide the, the contract over to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you tell him, sign it. You know? It's no big deal, but yeah, moving on. Let's do, let's do running backs here. And then on the second half of of the show, we'll do tight ends and the offensive line, because I don't think we're going to talk too much about wide receivers. Yeah. I don't think we have much to say there, but running backs have it on pretty good authority. They want to run it back with the entire room. Maybe they make a, maybe they make a splash by using one of those top 100 picks on a running back. It's a great class. Um, but there's some players out here. And I'm, I'll just throw a couple. Now, Rashad Penny, just look at him wrong. He's going to be on IR for, for four weeks, okay? Yeah. But my God, when he plays, man, <laughs> this guy can play. Like, this This is a good NFL player. But the problem is, kind of injury prone, Uh, fits the system, good speed. Like? No. Um, not my favorite, to be honest. I've, um, you know, I've taken, I've taken some hard looks at him and, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure that, that I relative to what I think he's, what I think he's going to ask for, you know, it's almost like, well, at that point, just, I know we're, I know we're getting Raheem Mostert back or, or at least I'm pretty sure we're getting Raheem Mostert back. I think everybody involved is motivated. Um, but at that point, why not just get back Jeff Wilson? Like, are, are we really, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know that I see Rashad Penny as, as a major upgrade over Jeff Wilson. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Moving on a big name. Uh, were you aware? Cause I wasn't that Miles Sanders ran for 1200 yards on a 4.9 yard per carry. I was aware season. of that. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be expensive, huh? And completely out of our range is what I'm thinking. Well, unless the market is just that flooded, you know? Yeah. Although it's not, it's not anymore. Well, you said today, everybody got tagged today. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, um, you know, looking at the top of the market. Yeah. It's, it's really just, you know, Devin Singletary, David Montgomery and Miles Sanders and probably maybe Raheem Mostert might, might fit into that. And I, I don't know what his market will be, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, you got a name for us because I saw you talking about Jarek McKinnon, and then I noticed he's going to be thirty-one this season. I'm yeah, out, um, I'm out on that alone. Well, yeah, and the age is well. Raheem Mostert is thirty-one too, so um, but he's a track star. So yeah, the eight. Well, that's but that's the point with Jarek McKinnon. Like he, the the way that he the way that he um he contributes is uh you know is, is such that I I'm not. I'm not that worried about the age. I think I think that he's I think that he's okay that way. I think 
I think there's just a, a lot of experience there. Um, or, you know, uh, experience together, I should say, Jarek and Ken, and, and respect with um, with Mike McDaniel. Um, but, you know, I, there are some other guys that I would look at. Actually, my favorite name is Boston Scott hmm. um, of the Eagles. And and that's that is another speed demon. Uh, he's small, like five foot seven, two hundred pounds. But um, imagine this: like it's it's sort of like this thing in Philadelphia. Even though he's that small, like he gets goal line carries, and he gets touchdowns. I think he scored like sixteen touchdowns the last you know four years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got a he's got a lot of touchdowns to his name. And uh, and he's also he can also catch the ball and he's a speedy guy and he he's a good fit, uh, system fit and I think that we're looking for speed and uh, so I, I and I know that the power that he plays with surprising power for you know um, kind of Maurice Jones Drew kind of short squatty guy that is more powerful than you'd think um, I think that uh, that that drew Mike McDaniel to Jeff Wilson when he was a college player. And I wonder what he thinks of Boston Scott. Um, you know, if if he if he has taken a look. Yeah, um, another name that's completely fallen out of favor in New England, and I think he's going to be a hot name. And he's of the right age is Damian Harris. I mm-hmm. don't think he's a fit, but I fall back on man, he's a good player, and twenty six years old. Like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> is what I would say. You, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you follow well, the trajectory, it just went from five yards a carry and upticking, then 900 yards and 4.6 per carry, and the bell cow of a playoff team. Then this past year, he did. He wasn't even really injured. He was inactive for a couple of games. Started eight, yeah. and Ramondre Stevenson just took his job. He's a Jimmy Sexton guy, which means he's well-known in these parts. Uh, same agency as uh, as a lot of people uh, connected to Stephen Ross, which is CAA. So good football player. Like what's what's wrong with him? Like what's is is this a scratch and dent or you know what's wrong with him? Like you know, quite frankly, I I, I wish I could say I had great insider knowledge of this um, with the Patriots, um, but I don't. Uh, what I will say is I would I would love it. If Damian Harris were to go to the Dolphins, I mm-hmm. I like the player. I think he consistently plays well. I think he's a good, you know, he can be a good pass blocker. I think he's a good runner. He's a good pass catcher. I think, you know, all the way around. Um, I would love it if if he's if he was here. Uh, I think a lot of teams would love it. And I think a lot of teams might give him, you know, you're you're like, what happened? What happened? And I I kind of tend to think. You know, ah, that's that's Belichick for you. Yeah. <laughs> like like the in a single line, <laughs> that would that would be it, you know? And um and so I think I think what happened to him, you know, Belichick has a very idiosyncratic way that he does things, um, you know, at the running back position especially, and uh and Belichick happened, you know, that's what happened. So so I think I think the, he is prime candidate to go to a to a greener greener pasture. All right, one last guy, and unless you want to interject some somebody else, you're aware that James Robinson is 24 years old. 
Yeah, I, I wasn't aware he's that young, but I, I, I did love that player. Um, I don't think he has a home next season because what are you going to do with Michael Carter? You're getting Brees Hall back. Brees Hall has that superstar look, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's the use of having somebody like James Robinson around? He was brought in basically in desperation, I thought. Like, why would you trade a pick? It reminded me of that Gordon trade after Ricky Williams spurned us that year. And we ran out there and signed uh, uh, Larry uh, Gordon. What was it for? For like what? Well, for a Lamar Gordon? Yeah, Lamar. Yeah, and, and we traded a third round pick or something for him. Like it was yeah. just desperation. I think that's what that the Jets did. And he found himself injured. James Robinson. Uh, bad season this past year, but you could blame it on injuries. Man, that's that's a heady signing if, if they pull it off. Twenty four year old. I like. I, I I've always liked the player. I've always like. I've always liked him. I, I think that he was an underrated player. I don't know what his health situation is at all. Like, mm-hmm. you know, is is he done it? Is he cooked at twenty four or twenty four years old? I don't know. I don't know. But that would, you know, your name and guys now, Damian Harris, James um, Robinson, that I'd be like, you know, legitimately pretty excited about um, if if they were to come here. Yeah, one one last one, I guess, because we have a little time. Um, Dante Foreman found himself with the the number one spot in Carolina, kind of a power back, and he would be a compliment, I think, to what we already have as far as in speed. Uh, just had a monster year, nine hundred yards, four and a half per carry, big powerful back, kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, calling him a power back is like calling Ironhead Hayward a power back. I mean, he's like Donta Foreman is, is has always been um humongous, you know, as a as a as a prospect um coming out of college and you know what he is. You know, Kenny, I don't think he's a fit here at all. Mm. Um I'm gonna be honest. Uh you don't think it helps watch. with our third and one problem? Oh yeah, it would. Uh, I just I just don't know that our that our team is committed to that uh, that sort of answer, um, and and I think that third and one and short yardage is too novel of a situation for them to end up with a specific back for it um, that ends up on the active roster on game day. Yeah, so I'm not sure that the fit is great with um, with Dante Foreman um, because I don't think that he's got the quickness, um, the quickness, the overall speed, uh, the acceleration that they're looking for uh, in the system. Um, and I think that the short yardage thing might be too novel of a situation to justify him as 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 an RB two. Um, to put up with the other things that maybe don't fit with the system just because of that, that, that short yardage um, need. I do wish they'd figure out short yardage, but I, I don't think that's going to be the answer. Um, now, now that I say that they'll sign him, but, uh, but <laughs> yeah. 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 And I lied. I'm going to mention one more guy and then we could go to break. Um, I'm not going to mention Jamal Williams. He has a good thing in Detroit, just ran for a thousand yards and he had 17 rushing touchdowns. Did you know he had yeah. 17 rushing touchdowns? No, I didn't. But but I I do know that there's 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 mutual interest in getting that done back. Yes, in Detroit, he's uh he's a perfect fit over there. 
Uh, he, like I said, he just had a season where he had 17 touchdowns. Uh, that would fix our third and one problem, but I think Crazy. they'll pay for it and we won't. So he's mm-hmm. not a consideration. But I'm told that there was some some interest and then some delusion on behalf of Kareem Hunt. Do you think that's something they might revisit? He had a big number. I don't think he's going to have a big number anywhere anymore. He is 27. He will be 28 in season. So do you, you think know, that's I, something that they revisit? Or you I think, think they got turned off by what transpired already? A, yeah, I, I do think they might have gotten turned off. Um, B, uh, it's another one of those situations where it's not going to happen right at this. It's not going to happen the first couple of days of free agency. It's it's going to happen like it stretches on. He's still available after the draft, and he still doesn't have a home. And they're like, you know, hey. Um, so I think that that's something to keep an eye out for. Um, and you know, it's it's sort of a waiting game. And I think the Dolphins are going to be in a lot of this waiting game actually. Um, because they have limited resources. So I think people need to be aware of that. You know, we always want the flurry of activity right at the, you know, right at the midnight um, of that first day. And uh, and I think that the Dolphins are not necessarily in position for that sort of flurry of activity. I think that um, they will be playing the waiting game and looking for value propositions. Um, a couple of value propositions that I would also point out would be Mike Boone of Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a good fit. You know, he's fast. Um, he's a standout player. I've seen him stand be a standout in blocking. Uh, I think that he's had some injury issues that have derailed him. Uh, familiar name to you, Travis Homer is another speedy fit. I'm, I'm looked at him. I looked at it as that's uh, an easy. That's an easy sign for me. That guy's a good special teamer. He catches mm-hmm. it. He can run with it. He'll do it. He'll return kicks. Like he'll do anything you ask him to do. Those are the kinds of guy that. Those are the kind of guys that you want at the bottom of the roster. Exactly. And look at his body too. Like look yeah. at his body and the way that. I mean, he's got like no fat, and and he, you know, he clearly is rocked up and and works very hard at the sport. Um, that'll appeal to them. I think that he's a good fit. Uh, you know, somebody I just threw out there was Daryl Williams, uh, who used to be uh, a big part of the Rams' offense, very similar to Miami's offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, maybe because of that, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's what's up with him lately, but um, but you know, that's just someone else I threw his name I threw out there. All right. And that's going to do it for the first half of the show. When we come back, we will talk tight ends and the offensive line. Very little on the wide receivers. I don't think they're signing another one this coming season. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find words coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954 579 
954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to 3 Yards Per Carry. And we're back. All right, Chris. They're going to need a tight end here because Gasecki's going to be elsewhere. Okay? Like, that's a fact. Should we even say anything about wide receiver before we get in there? Uh, if, if you want to mention wide receivers in passing, go ahead. Well, I, think, think, I think they signed Sherfield. Do you think they'll be able to resign Trent Sherfield? I, I think I personally have I've thought so, yes. But, you know. I think there's a lot there. of goodwill. But yeah. you know how free agency works. There's always yeah. – you never know the maniac that's going to go out there and it's, and it's going to say, uh, five years, 40 million. And we're like, what? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> what yeah. I mean, that's, and that's yeah. that's what it is. I mean, I, so if we were if we were to pretend that we might lose him, uh, let's also keep in mind Cedric Wilson is still on this roster. Yes. So even if we even if we did lose Trent Sherfield, like the original plan was Cedric Wilson, and he did everything they wanted him to do. You know, he was he was good sport about the fact that Trent Sherfield took his spot. Are you going to ask um, me if there's a, a quick fix? Because I have one already, and it's at the top of the top of the list. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if if Sherfield doesn't come back, and we want to, like, you know, I I I mentioned Mar I, I mentioned Marquise Goodwin and Richie James. Mm. Um, I also think that Byron Pringle and Jacoby Myers could uh, could fit too, and you know, it's basically whoever comes cheapest. Um, but yeah, you know, that's... as far as it, as far as an older guy, man, but such a good professional wide receiver is Robert Woods, man. Yeah, I had him in there too. Um, I I don't know how much Trent is is off tires at this point, but yeah, you know, there, there's some players, you know, there's some players out there. Uh, DJ Shark f- found himself back on uh, in 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 the free agent market. I don't know if he's going to get any money. He's 26 years old. I think he might, yeah. you know, so he might be priced out of what we want. Uh, you know who's also a free agent? Matt Collins. He's a fit. So he, you know, so you know he's he fits that speed profile that they're looking for. And but, and you know, I I took a look at Olamide Zacchaeus um, back in uh, college once upon a time, and um and you know I he's had he's had a he's had a career he's had an NFL career so far. You know he's he does work out there. Um, so you know that's. You know, maybe because this is slot slot guy. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, anyway, McCall, that's probably that's probably more than enough at that position. It's just you know names to keep in mind. McCall Hardman is going to be twenty five in season. He's a free agent. So well, you know, and and Tyree Kill really respects him. So that's also a fit. So if things don't work out with what they have on the roster right now, and you know, like I would expect nothing to happen on the roster except re-signing Trent Sherfield and River Craycraft, give or take. You know, I like the player. He's always, like he's never had a bad moment here in in Miami. Except he he did not. That was not a good route that he ran against the Jets and uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner picked off Skylar Thompson. But it was also a terrible pass from Skylar Thompson. You hold on to these things, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. 
uh, you know, if it doesn't work out for them, man, there's plenty of quick fixes. Yeah. I'll give you another one. Like, and and I'm, guy, I'm going down this list. How about how about, Eric, how about a guy named Eric Ezekano? Oh my God! Like yeah, uh, you know why don't why don't you step you up? You mean buddy? we might actually play him? Yeah, right. I'll give you another one. Noah Brown. He's 27 years old. Have, have you watched that guy play? Uh, not not recently. Uh, six two, two hundred and thirty pounds, and can run. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just that Dallas is kind of dumb and they don't throw him the ball enough. But he's this year Cedric Wilson. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because he had 500 yards uh, receiving, okay, off the bench. All right, but Noah Brown is uh, that's an intriguing name because he kind of fits that size profile. I don't know what kind of blocker he is. I don't know if he's as good a blocker as mm-hmm. you know Trent Sherfield is, but he fits that size profile and speed profile that they kind of like. And he's cheap because he just finished playing for a million dollars. So, you know, yeah, th- there's not going to be a problem. I don't think if. You know, if something unforeseen happens to Trent Sherfield, and there's always a possibility, like I said, somebody could just scream out, out of nowhere, five years, 40 million, and then we're stuck, you know, because we're yeah. not paying, we're not paying that. We're not paying him $8 million a year and 15 guaranteed. Like that's not happening. So, but we shall see. I, I don't think that too much is going to transpire there. I think there's a lot of goodwill, and I think they'll try to square away Trent Sherfield as soon as possible. All right, moving on to the tight ends. Yeah, Gusecki's not coming back. He's going to be elsewhere. I don't think, I really don't think, that they're going to be in on Dalton Schultz. Too expensive. Somebody's going to make a splash with Schultz somewhere. They're going to get a really nice player. I just don't think that's us. There is one guy I do like, and I got company in Dolphin um, Podcast World, Chris, because Kyle Krabs has come out with his Signing slate. And he has at tight end three years, 24 million with 11 guaranteed. Fossil Murrah from. Oh, God. Here we go. We're doing it again. Yes, we are. This the is man, Kalen Bouage. The, the man Bouage is going to be 26. The, the man is going to be 26 in season, man. Okay. I like his tape. I like the way he played this past season. I think he's a fit. He's a yak guy. Good blocker. He has some 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 nice-looking tape. Good pass receiver. Stepped in for Darren Waller this past year. Had 400 yards receiving. Man, such a good fit. And he's young. Good pedigree from LSU. Yeah, I think this is an easy signing. Uh, and I think we could prime away from, the, from the, the Raiders because the Raiders' pitch to them is, to him is, yeah, yeah, we like this 12 personnel thing that we do with Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, and we want you to be the third banana in this group. Uh, he comes here. He's the first banana in the tight end group. I, I say make it happen. I kind of like the I like the player. I like I like the fit. Your thoughts? Um so I I I don't think I I think I'm I'm trying to keep myself um on track, right? And I'm thinking to myself, we lose Mike Gesicki. What was he for the team? He was the team's second tight end, the move tight end. You know, mm-hmm. the guy that might get split off in the slot, the guy that um, is, you know, at the end of the line, kind of in an H back position. Um, you know, he's their he's their move tight end. And you know, if I think about what. Uh, what Foster Moreau brings to the table, 
it's not necessarily that. Um, this would be a replacement of uh, of Durham Smythe, essentially. Um, and I don't know if the Dolphins are out to replace Durham Smythe so much as they're out to replace Mike Gesicki. And and so and and I think they did start to see some things toward the end of the year from um, Hunter Long that they're going to want to explore a little bit. Uh, and he would, you know, he, so I, I think, I, I don't know if that's the type of tight end that they're going to go for. Um, if they go for one at all, uh, and it might just be, it might just be straight up drafting. So, um, so I, I'm not, I'm not fully on board with that, with uh, Foster Moreau as the right, as the right type that they're going to actually go for. Hmm. Disappointing. I, I think, I think Dalton Schultz, you know, Number one is it, n- none of this matters. None of this matters unless you fix and we'll get the right tackle. But yes, um, you know, we, we set the most help in the NFL toward our tackles and, um, and by a, by a long margin. And I think that none of it matters uh, with the tight end position. We'll just be spinning our wheels, whoever it is, uh, unless we fix that first. So that's why, that would be why no Dalton Schultz, but it's it's hard to, or maybe it's easy to forget. I don't know, but Dalton Schultz, he 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 does look perfect for this offense. Like if you're if you're gonna sign a guy and you're like, hey, this is the guy that fits the offense, and this is the you know, this is my George Kittle sort of you know kind of guy, um, you know he's he's the guy that fits, but um. I don't. I, I share your opinion. I don't think they're going to necessarily go for him, but uh, but that's that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I like Ferraris. I can't afford one though. <laughs> yeah, right, right, well, right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think they're in the market. I, I, you know, I don't think. I think they're. You know, I think they're penny pinching mm-hmm. at this position. And ultimately, uh, you're probably right. But you know, I don't think they have the money for a Dalton Schultz, and I don't think they're going to get lucky on you know on some type of uh, you know some type of uh, you know wink and a nod on a one-year deal. I think that that's not happening either. So, you know, I kind of like, I like Foster Moreau, but there's a, there's a couple other names that some listeners have thrown our way. Uh, we're not going to mention like some, some names like Irv Smith. I don't think is a fit. I don't think he's a good player. <laughs> okay. No, and, I, and I understand I he's 24. I understand he's 24 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know he went to Alabama. So all the symmetry is there. You know, what's not there. The good football player. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but there's some like quick fixes, which I don't think and I think you agree with me. They won't do like Jeff Swain. Good blocker. What's the use? You have Jeff Swain. You have a better Jeff Swain on the team. Right. Yeah. Which is Durham Smythe. Right. Right. So if we're talking about like a pass catcher. You think Ross Dwelly is it's going to be as simple as like, hey, I had that guy. I remember him. He's all right. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of do, <laughs> um, and and so I'd watch out for it. But you know, keep in mind also that to be fair, um, they've been they've been very discerning about who they who they bring in um, from the 49ers. Uh, they you know, and and the guys that they've brought in have been worth it. So um, so if they if they bring them in, that's a good that's a really good vote of confidence uh, in his favor. Um, on the other hand, you know, if they don't bring him in, then it's it's sort of like, oh, you know, uh, I see. 
Mm. Uh, one thing I like to do is I like to track the the agents for all these players. Foster Moreau's agent is Seth Katz, Joe Lenta from JL Sports. They don't have a single Miami Dolphin. Huh. So I think me and Kyle Krabs are shit out of luck, maybe. We shall see. Okay. Yeah. Any other tight end that kind of tickles your fancy? Because I look at this group and it's a, it's a who's who of guys that I don't give a crap about. You know, like, you know, I, yeah. some of these guys I look at and I say, you know what? Maybe Hunter Long's all right. <laughs> that's know? um, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, <laughs> you like know, Parn- I, I, one guy was telling me Donald Parham can play. Really? Does it? Kenny? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I wonder, first off, I do have a favorite or I do have a guy, you know, sort of a, a low, a low level uh favorite that I've watched quite a bit of and that I like him a lot. And that's Eric Saubert um, from the Denver uh, Broncos. Uh, I don't know how the Denver Broncos had like the worst offense in the league last year, but they, they seem to have like four or five players that like sort of role player type guys that I'll be like, yeah, I I take that guy on my team. He he played well. Why were they so bad? You know? um, But Eric Saubert is a, a very fluid mover. He does fit the um, the uh, the mold that I'm talking about, you know, a replacement for Mike Gesicki, not a replacement for Durham Smythe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but at the same time, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely a better blocker than Gesicki. I know that's not hard, um, but uh, he, he, he does, he does get after it, so to speak. Um and I, I think that he, he's he probably I've watched a bunch of the tight ends from the free agency, right? And it's all just like a bunch of you know who, who cares about this guy? This guy, you know. Um, <laughs> this was probably the first guy that I had watched that I was like, oh, okay, you know, wow, you know, look at look at the way he moves, you know, like look at look at his skills, like look at his run after catch skills, like he's got a he's got a nice. He's got a nice uh, package of skills. I think run after catch is probably the number one trait we should be looking for in um, in a tight end. And, Did you see Foster offense. Moreau against the Seahawks take that little eight yard dig, another fifty seven yards, and then fumble at the two yard line? That was the, the that was <laughs> I, a, I did the, not. Um, I did it's not a great see him, play. But, uh, <laughs> it's but on YouTube. Same, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, what is he? You know, you know, hey, Foster Moreau, you know, he's he's averaging uh, seven, seven yards uh, after the catch. So um, that's a, that's certainly in his favor. Yeah. But I think Eric Sauberg is good after the catch. Um, and I think that that's somebody to pay attention to. Kind of wonder in the back of my mind about Robert Tanyan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, from the Packers now that they're they're losing uh, they're losing Aaron Rodgers. I mean, is it? You know, was 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 Tanyan kind of his guy, um, and uh, and and will he just walk somewhere else? Like I don't know what his interest level is going to be, but um, kind of curious about him. Uh, I think Foster Moreau is not a not a bad name at all. Uh, I you know I'd certainly be uh, not excited, but like you know, optimistic if he was there. It's just I just wonder if that's the that's the move exactly. Yeah, a lot of our listeners and a lot of our members on OnlyFans, and that's $3 a month, by the way. Uh, you could check the pinned tweet on the 3 Yards Per Carry Twitter account. Uh, they really like Hayden Hurst, I guess, because they remember him from the Ravens, and then they watched him catch a lot of passes this past season, which he did have a pretty good year with the, with the Bengals. 
I'm not a fan. Um, do you know he's 30 already? Yeah, he was old I, coming in, right? So, I've never been a fan of his, even going back to college. You know, yeah, so, talking about him first round, I thought that was absolutely insane. Yeah, I don't get, I don't get it, and not for me. Yeah, so I don't think me. we have to. I don't think we have to waste too much time on him. No, um, really. uh, one last guy, I guess we got to go out because this, you know, he's a he's a pretty popular name, been a good player for a while in this league. Is Austin Hooper? Um, yeah. Um, I would say he's kind of a fit in the passing game. I think he is. Um, you know, a long time ago, I I, lo- I loved him coming out of college as well. But um, I think he's kind of – I think he's a fit in both phases. Uh, you know, is he – which which role does he occupy is – and I, I think that he's enough of a – he's enough of a, a mover, you know, a move tight end kind of guy that um, – that I think that he could fit in here uh, as as sort of a guy that goes along with and competes with Durham Smythe and, and Hunter Long. All right. I think we can move on to the main event, which is the offensive yeah. line and namely right tackle. Uh, I guess this is where I can break a little news. I have been told that that's a, a target in free agency or even in trade. They want to upgrade that, that part of the line. Um, I would say Austin Jackson is not necessarily in their their immediate plans, but evidently Liam Eikenberg is because they haven't said anything anything against him since last season. So I would say that well, this is a place where there could be a large upgrade. Well, um, I got a little worried because Chris Greer consistently brings up Austin Jackson and you know wanting to make sure that he can still compete for for time and stuff like that, which kind of makes you think. You know, yeah, they're going to get a right tackle. I mean, it, you say breaking news about the that they want a right tackle, but I mean, it's it's like the most obvious thing in the world, right? Yeah. Um, and and it's like, uh, yeah, they want to tackle, but which kind of tackle? Because <laughs> there's a difference between giving Mike McGlinchey fifteen or sixteen million dollars a year, uh, or Cameron Fleming three million dollars. <laughs> you know, and and so like one would be you know, more or less competition for Austin Jackson, although it wouldn't be much of a competition. Um, and and the other would be, you know, Austin, just sit down, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know what I mean? And, and so, you know, where, where the dolphins are coming out on that spectrum is still sort of an interesting thing that we're going to find out. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it is interesting. I think, I think what you had said, um, that piqued my attention uh, about that, about the the right tackle position, is you know whether it be free agency or trade. Yes. And the trade. <laughs> yes, and you know? I was and I was I was led in one direction, and that direction means Houston, and uh. It's pretty simple, right? If you look at what's going on in Houston, and it's kind of it's also very interesting that I was led to believe that there's something going on as far as there's in, there's interest in a player that they may have in Houston. I know what our listeners are thinking. Oh my God, it's Larry Tunsil. It's Larry Tunsil. That's who's well, coming. I hope it is, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not okay. Uh, Although I know they would love him back. They have a right tackle who is in the same situation as Austin Jackson. Meaning he was a first round pick that got off to not so hot of a start, 
but just had a pretty damn good season. Really good yeah. season. If you believe yeah. in some of the metrics, okay? Yeah, right. They picked up his fifth year option and they want well, to get something done long term. Now, now this is where I'm a little confused. Is is, is this I thought I thought he was a restricted free agent. No. Is is he a fifth year option guy? Yeah, he's going to play this season on the fifth year option. They want to get something done. He's in he's Christian Wilkins. <laughs> okay? That's that's the way they look at him. Okay. And and he wants money. And I get and I guess they got some sticker shock and they're in limbo. All right? And if they're in limbo, usually what happens is when somebody's in limbo, you come in there and you say, hey, you know, if it's not going to work out for you and you're going to lose this guy, what do you say to a third round pick? You know, or what do you say to a third and second or two seconds, a second and a conditional second? It's really concerning to me if if the the Texans who are kind of in a building, you know, a, a rebuilding or building mode right now. If they're going to let a 27-year-old guy walk uh, for, you know, mid-round, third-round pick, you know, as you're talking about kind of compensation, um, because they don't want to pay him, you know, $13 million. Uh, and that that would be that would be a bit concerning to me. Like, what are we not knowing here? <laughs> yeah. You know, like like that sort of. Uh, now, as for the now, player, what is Titus? What is Titus? Uh, what is Titus Howard really? What what can he ask for? I think he he can ask for those numbers for the McGlinchey numbers because he's kind of the same player. Really, really, really good, but not an All Pro. You know. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he's gonna. I I think Jawan Taylor has the ability to to ask for that. You know upwards of 17 18 even 18 million dollars a year i think mm-hmm. mike mcglinchy has the ability to do that um it's hard to say with titus howard I, you know he is a first round pick he's got that going for him mm-hmm. uh and so and they, and they, pick up up his, being, they picked up his that ends up being option. surprisingly important you know mm-hmm. so um so i don't know if he could ask if he if he could ask for that or not but uh but i i know that Listen, I, I'm watching. First off, don't if you if you want Titus Howard, don't watch the Dolphins game. <laughs> well, because he got, a, he got he got destroyed by Melvin Ingram consistently, and yeah. by Christian Wilkins, um, and and so so don't watch that game. <laughs> um, go watch maybe him play uh, Miles Garrett uh, of the Cleveland Browns. Mm. or some other guys this is a guy that you know he just has that big heavy bone look to him wide frame um like he's like you're not gonna you're not gonna run him over um that sort of thing and uh he's kind of a dancer too like like he's he looks light doesn't he he looks light to me he's not a plotter he's not george fan you know what i mean no uh, well i mean you, you think george Fant looks like a plotter George Fant is not is he's not a he's not a good mover not not, he's, not he's, these days. George Fant is an athlete, man. You think even after all these injuries, he's had two bad injuries, and I was going to bring him up by the way because his 2021 yeah, season is something yeah, to behold. He's, Although he's, he had it, at left it you can't get over that. <laughs> but yeah. he, he's originally he's originally uh, a four eight four guy. Uh, George really? Fant. Um, yeah. But um, no, I, I think that Titus Howard, you know, to me, he does kind of look like that. Uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of, um, you know, I, the guy that the other guy that I keep talking about every now and then, Cameron Fleming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big bone, big frame, 
you know, a lot of heaviness, natural heaviness uh, to his frame and, and strength. Uh, but I, I don't love, I think there's, what's interesting about Titus Howard is if, if you were to take interest in him is that, cause I, I don't think that he's a fit for the system. I don't think he's ideal fit um, as far as the run blocking is concerned. Um, but one thing that is interesting about him is there, I, I think there's meat on the bone as far as uh, bro- continuing to polish up his technique. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he gets, he, he kind of gets the 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 wide the wide hands like you know when when it comes to uh, uh, his kick slide and and he's going to make contact um you know his punch is more like a bear hug and mm-hmm. where he's got those where he's got those arms outside of his outside of his frame um which is is not a good thing to be doing but um i think that uh he does have some he does have some cleaning up to do uh which is good because you know, you can look at that positively because he was already pretty good this year, um, or effective anyway. Uh, and and if he's if he can get even better, then that's you know that's great. Um, not my favorite idea, to be honest. Uh, Simon was saying the same thing earlier. You know, you're going to go ahead. There are free agents available, right? You know, mm-hmm. we we can just go ahead and get Mike McGlinchey and just plug him in. And that's the most no brainer thing, right? Yeah. Um, and because of the offensive fit, uh, you're going to, you're going to send like a, a pick like a second round pick or something like that. And then give the money. Like, like how did, how does that make sense? It only makes sense to me if it's the right, if it's really the right player. Um, and I do, I do think that player is out there actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there might be two of them actually. Um, which, you know, if, I don't know. You want me? You want me to go ahead and talk about them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're yeah. coming toward the end of this one, so yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, Mike McGlinchey uh, is is a free agent, and like I said, big no brainer. Uh, the one drawback that everybody knows is about him is that it, you know stack up all the tackles in the league that everybody accepts are starting tackles, and there aren't sixty four of those, but whatever n- the number is, um, you know, forty five, fifty, you know, four starters. Think guys, people agree are starters. He'd be smack in the middle of them as far as pass pro is concerned. Mm-hmm. Like he is the most mediocre pass protector, um, the most the most mid. You know, mm-hmm. like he he really he really bisects the entire group of tackles. I think, and you can find he has a consistent number. he has a consistent problem. Uh, when people when when ends bull rush him, he catches him in in his chest, and I don't know why yeah. he does that oh, yeah. when he has when he, he has such long chest. arms. Yeah, like he can't lock got, guys out, you know. Yeah, he's got he's got he does he he gets the he gets it right into his chest, and that's that's where he runs into problems. Um, but he's he is I mean you can run into any number of analytics metrics to uh, to back this up. He's 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 very mid. He's very middle of the road as far as pass protection is concerned. Where he's not middle of the road is run blocking. Nope. He is a good run blocker. And if it's this system, he's a great run blocker. Absolutely. You know? So, so I mean, we're talking to ES, if you go to ESPN run block win rates, you know, they have pass block win, win rates, but they have run block win rates too. And they use the RFID chips and, you know, model it out on computers and stuff like that. Um, and he's, I think he's number five uh, in, in the league. And, and that's easy blocking. to see. 
Because and it's easy, it, it it is. It jumps off the film. It's easy yeah. to see. It pops so, on film all the time because one thing that you can notice on a tackle and when 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 if especially if you want to translate, uh, you know how they'll play in our system. Can you hook a five tech? Because that's almost impossible. Because the the defensive end wants to get outside of you. Okay, yeah, right, he wants right. to get your outside shoulder. He consistently hooks five techs over yep. and over and over again. And once you're doing that and you're allowing your tight ends out in space and a fullback like Alec Ingold out in space, good things can happen in the perimeter, especially when you have Raheem Mostert. So if if you added Mike McGlinchey, you'd be thinking about the things that you could add back into this playbook. Yes. Not things that you have to take away from it, you know? Um, and so that's, that's the appeal. Uh, is it worth $16 million a year? Uh, I, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't, it's not my money. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm, I keep mentioning Cameron Fleming. Uh, he would be, he only made a million dollars this year. So how much, how much of a pay raise do you think he could really get? Um, uh-huh. but he had his best, his finest year as a pro and uh and his technique is looking you know as polished as i've ever seen it and um they went after was, him in he, we talked about this on only yeah. but we haven't mentioned it on the podcast they went after him in 2018 that wasn't yeah. Greer, right that's tannenbaum yeah. and company right so, so he's burned uh, us so that's that's not on, like Greer is not going to remember like okay this guy Said well, no I mean, he, he might just remember that he was interested in the guy. Who okay, knows? but um, but can't but Fleming, you know, that's this is the the lower cost option at right tackle. Played, he was definitely he was a, he was a much better pass protector this year, um, than a lot of people. You know, bring out your favorite, uh, aside from Jawan Taylor. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, bring out bring out your favorite right tackle, and 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 I'll. I'll defy you uh, that Cameron Fleming was actually a better um, pass protector. Um, but the run blocking is not the greatest fit. He doesn't have that lateral uh, that lateral burst that Mike McGlinchey does. Um, you know, that the overall ability on the move that Mike McGlinchey does. Uh, so Cameron Fleming doesn't have that. Um, but, you know, he if you're looking for somebody to keep to a healthy, yeah, he could definitely do that. He can definitely do that. Um, so there's those two guys if you're looking strictly at free agency. But I think that they could look at the trade market. And in particular, um, I'm interested in two restricted free agents. Uh, because the the word out of Dallas is that Terrence Steele is only going to get a second round tender hmm. as a restricted free agent. That came out a couple of days ago. That you know, very well, very well placed sources. You know that the, this is what they're thinking. Second round tender. I don't know about your you, but I've watched them. I've watched a fair amount of Terrence Steele, and I would be very interested in him. He's one um, of the best right tackles in football, like right now. Yeah, I, I think I think that that's I think that's accurate, and um, and so I think you know, paying attention to that situation and their their cap situation and what they can afford. Um, you know, that will be, that, that will be, that'll be huge. Uh, if they, if they make, he's coming off an ACL injury, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, he, he's not going to be ready till he'll be ready in, in training camp. He's, he's, you know, he's on, he's on schedule. They say, they always say ahead of the schedule, but ahead of schedule equals on schedule. Um, you know, so, 
So he's scheduled to be able to participate in training camp. That would be a hell of a, a hell of a get at, at right tackle, a healthy Terrence Steele. If you're able to steal him away from, uh, um, if you're, if you're able to, to take him away from the, uh, from the Cowboys, but the other one, Alf, who have we been bitching about all year long, all three of us really that, that we should have drafted, but instead, you know, we took first we took Channing Tindall, then we took Eric as a comma. You know, who we've we been bitching about all year long, Zach Tom. We have we have been bitching about Zach Tom all year long. Well, here's here's the knock on effect of that. Yash Neiman finds himself on the outside looking in with David Bakhtiari, you know, legend at left tackle, and uh, Zach Tom. You know, filled in a left tackle. He's a rookie. He did really, really well. Um, he filled out a left tackle, and then he, uh, and then at the end of the year, uh, he was the one. He was the starting right tackle at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But Yash Neiman is a guy that has played a lot of left tackle. Played a lot of left tackle for them last year, and then uh, for probably the first five or six games this year, and uh, and then they moved him to right tackle, and. He is a fit for this system. Like he is, he's one of those guys. I actually had to, you know, kind of. It, it's these guys sometimes fool you. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, I wonder how big he is. He doesn't look very, you know, he doesn't look very big. Mm. I look it up. He came out of the draft. He's six foot seven and three hundred thirteen pounds when he came out of the draft. He's like three hundred twenty some odd pounds now. Uh, and he has 34 inch arms. He is he is a monster. The reason he doesn't look very big is because he moves like a little guy. You know that's that's what he, I mean. He's got that he's got that burst and explosiveness and mobility to move like a little guy. I think I've seen every single right tackle game of his this year. Um, now uh, that I've been that I've been digging into. And if the Dolphins wanted to to try and steal as a restricted free agent, Yash Neiman, just knowing that the Green Bay Packers have an embarrassment of riches, you know, because not only do they have David Bakhtiari and um, and now Zach Tom, but Elkton Jenkins is signed and he filled in at tackle, you know, really well. He was, a, you know, he's a really good tackle. They can play him at tackle anytime they want, you know. Um, so they have an embarrassment of riches at the tackle position in Green Bay, and that might free up, you know, a, a Yash Neiman. I don't know what kind of tag they're going to put on him, what kind of tender they're going to put on him, but um, but you know, with their cap situation the way it is, they've been running hot on the cap, and it's going to actually cost them some money to get rid of uh, Aaron Rodgers this year. I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder about that. Like he would be. I think he would be a stellar addition to the Dolphins. He has four eight eight speed, you know, at six foot seven, three hundred thirteen pounds. He runs a four eight eight, you know, and and you see it, it pops. You go, you you look at it on film, and he, it is clear that he is a mover and he is really explosive. He has the feet to keep working. You know, I I a lot of every offensive lineman can lose mm-hmm. on that first move. Right, every offensive lineman can can get can get hit on that first move. It's the offensive lineman that can recover and that can keep working that um, that you're really looking for. And and that's where I think I get interested in a Yash Neiman because he has the feet 
and the active hands and, and the strength. I mean, he, he shows strength. Um, he did 27 bench reps back in the day, uh, with 30, you know, over 34 inch arms. So, um, but he, he, he can really recover and he keeps working at it and he's got the right temperament mentality. He's got the right way that he uses his hands, keeping them inside the frame, um, keep punching, keep moving the feet. You know, that that's, he's got that, he's got all that going for him. And, um, and he's, he's still a young player. I think he's like uh, 27 years old. And uh, I, I think, Oh, and by the way, uh, you know, I mentioned the ESPN run block win rates. Like, you know, and, and Mike McGlinchey's number five on that list. Mm. Guess guess who's number one? <laughs> Josh Neiman is the number one run blocker in the NFL, according to, uh, or at tackle, according to uh, ESPN's uh, analytics. And and you watch it, it shows up on tape. I mean, you can see why. This guy, this guy can do anything in run blocking. Oh, and what system do they run? It's run by a Lafleur. They're pla- they're practically yes. like camping buddies, uh, you know, McDaniel and the Lafleurs, you know. Um, so he would come in. I think, you know, maybe maybe sometimes I, I watch a Yash name and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe I'm I'm getting too stuck in the box with Mike McGlinchey as far as the system fit, you know, because he ain't the only system fit, and, uh, and he's not the only guy that ha- you know hails from a similar system. And so, uh, so I watch. I, I'd really keep an eye on Yash Neiman. I would love to get something done there. Um, I don't know how willing the Packers would be. Uh, you know, if they're going to throw a second round tender, does that mean we have to throw a second round tet, uh, pick at him? But here's what I do know: he played a lot of left tackle last year and the beginning mm-hmm. of this year, and he played well. And if you think that he's a young ascending player and he's going to be playing next to Teron Armstead this year and you know, hopefully you have a good coaching staff coaching coaching him up. You know, Teron Armstead's going to miss games. Right? <laughs> yes. And he's and he's also, I don't know when he's going to leave the Dolphins or when they're going to, you know, they're going to cut him short. But when that happens, it would be nice to have an actual left tackle option. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that down the road, I think that Josh Neiman is starting right tackle and a damn good one for us this year. Um, and maybe even down road taking over at left tackle for Teron Armstead. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the left tackles, and I think we could finish up here with a couple of names. The the left tackle converts, uh, none of them excite me. T- uh, Taylor Lewan is way too injured. Orlando yeah. Brown is going to be extremely expensive. Kansas City faced him down. I think he'll end yeah. up back there on. He's going to sign a contract that we're going to look at, and we're going to be like, "What did he just yeah. sign?" But you know, we weren't going to be players in that. Uh, Donovan Smith, uninspiring and expensive. And a left tackle. Yeah. Pure left tackle. Kind of a quick fix. And a guy who I've mentioned a couple of times is George Fant. Now, you know, he's a right tackle these days, but his best work, and I and I wanted to get your opinion on this. His best work was a couple of years ago. Well, 2021, he had a pretty big season as a left tackle, playing majority in left tackle. Um what do you make of guys like that that they should translate as a right tackle to your system? Except but, he was bad this year as yeah, a right tackle. But he's like he moved bad over a, and he was bad. Like you would think George Fant as a as a right tackle, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But he was bad this year. Mm-hmm. But it's just a year ago. 
that he was really, really good, as in, you know, one of the better tackles in football good at left tackle. What do you do with that? And he's a guy that should be cheap. Like, this is like he's he's coming down in salary, especially considering what he paid played for this past year. I don't know, man. I like a, a quick fix. He's better than Brandon Shell. No. Well, so here's the thing that I challenge about that. If he was as good as all that, you know, I'm still I'm I'm looking at his payday, right? <laughs> I'm looking at his pay history. Um, you know, it's 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 a modest contract, and uh, his last contract was was kind of a modest contract, and um, and I think. You know he's a he's in for a downgrade off of that, not an upgrade. And so I, you know, it's it's the it really is the opposite of getting an ace ending player. You know, um, because yeah. he, he's he's thirty he's thirty years old. As you mentioned, like you know you don't you don't see you don't see that four eight four speed anymore. Certainly after all the 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 injuries he's taken, um, and so he's, you're looking at a 31 year old injury prone player that that looks like looks like he's on a downslope, and that at, at a position that you know when, the first time they moved him over to that position and tried to get him to play, he was bad at it. So you know what if you do that, like what are we doing here? Like that's that I would have to really question that. All right, and we're gonna finish up here. Um... Terrence Steele, we we spoke we spoke about him uh, when the the Cowboys drafted him. Okay, uh, like what do you make of this uh, this also this trajectory? When they drafted him, they were basically looking at him like, oh, like it, it was Austin Jackson bad or yeah. Liam Eikenberg bad, and then all of a sudden they did something very simple with him. Okay, they started playing him as as the swing tackle, and they they. They they gave him snaps inside of games to the point where he actually had to start playing at right tackle, and they were stuck because they had some injuries. And then he just stuck at right tackle and hasn't left since. And to the point where, you know, when when he was out, they decided, okay, we could even move him to left tackle. He showed some versatility, but when he plays at right tackle, he was actually really, really, really good. And this is what I find extremely interesting. You know who he credits for helping him, I guess, find his footing as a right tackle in the NFL? I'm curious. He says, and this is a direct quote, this guy was the the best coach I've ever had. He's the one who told me to keep things. No, he told me to keep the main thing the main thing and to keep my craft together. Joe Philbin. <laughs> you know, as much as we uh, pan Joe Philbin, and I think that um, he deserves it. Um, and you look back at the coaches that he put together as assistant coaches, and and what they're doing nowadays. Yes, pretty pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, I mean Zach Zach Taylor. You know, we're talking uh, Lou Anarumo. Um, you know, a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys that were here for the the offensive coordinator. That's that's real hot with the um the Lions right now. Is is that Ben Johnson? Is that his name? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, that was that was a Joe Philbin guy, uh, down in Miami. Um, it's an it, it's interesting just to 
you know, non sequitur just think about, but, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that is, that is interesting. He credits that. I don't know that, you know, it's going to help one way or the other. Um, but I know that, Hey, th- this guy is still only 25 years old right now. Yeah. As, long as lean, uh, you know, good as body speak, guy. As we speak, he's 25. He'll turn thirty. He'll turn, uh, 26 in, uh, June. Um, you know, gosh, if, if, if that just costs a second round pick and he's one of the best right tackles in football, you know, yeah, that's a, that's a, you take that deal. One of the first draft shows we ever did on, on three yards per carry. I, I, I kind of liked them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember when I brought them up once and you're like, I don't know, Texas tech, like who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, there was something, uh, well, I, I can't run. I can't really remember. There was, there was something like he, he either showed out or had a really terrible senior bowl. I can't remember which. Um, there were but, warts. Uh, there were warts for sure. Yeah, I forget what I forget which one it was, but it was like you know, Jesus, people are making a big deal out of this dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, one thing about about Joe Philbin, uh, he is getting credited with the with the great work that he did with Terrence Steele. Uh, he had him for his whole career, basically. And yeah. for his reward, he got canned. So, uh, yeah. Joe Philbin is no more. That's crazy. Yeah, because you know that 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 Dallas offensive line keeps putting off good players, right? Yeah, they found that key um, that that what the hell's that that Ty, Tyon Smith because they have so many Tyron, Smiths. Tyron Smith. Yeah, uh, are you talking Tyler Smith? Yeah, Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith. Yeah, the the kid that that took over yeah. for for Tyon. Yeah, Tyron. Yeah, absolutely. Like that kid can play. Like that's a good player. Well, I mean, Connor Williams can play. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they, um, they find good. They find good players. Lyle Collins was good most of the time he was there, mm-hmm. and now, now they're now. Now I think the Bengals are already going to get rid of him. Yeah, uh, he became intransigent with the with the the Cowboys, and they didn't want to put up with him, and they didn't want to pay him. You know. Yeah. But, you know, this Terrence Steele thing is worth monitoring only for, because of this. They just tagged Tony Pollard and they have a $15 million backup quarter, a backup running back. That's a problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, their, their, their cap is a, is an issue and they're, they're using that second round tender on him, figuring that, that nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna really go hard in the paint for a guy coming off an ACL who won't, who won't be healthy at signing. Yeah. He'll he'll be healthy at training camp, maybe, you know, um, yeah. and and so they're they're kind of they're taking a gamble, and I don't know, I might I, I I'd be up for calling their bluff. Yeah, that's something that's that's worth monitoring. He's a really really good left uh, right tackle. He's one of the best better right tackles in all of football. That I absolutely would would visit that absolutely. One last thing, on the way out here, uh, the Chiefs did a massive overhaul. You remember that overhaul they did uh, of their offensive line. Part of that was using a pretty high pick on Lucas Niang. The guy never plays. Like, what's wrong with him? You think um, that you think he could be had for a song? No, I I think it doesn't really. I don't know that it would benefit anybody to do it because I you know it's one of those things where you know we're trading for him based on what exactly, and then at the the flip side of the coin is you know the Chiefs are going to be like. Wait, we're already giving up on this guy before we even, you know, before we even give him a couple of years to to try and 
you know, to try to try and come up in our system. And um, so I don't I don't think either side would be particularly motivated. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs want to find out more about him and the Dolphins don't know anything about him. <laughs> you know, that's not I, I don't know. That's or don't know a lot about him anyway. And I don't know that that's um, that's a good combination. All right. And as far as the Chiefs uh, current right tackle. Um, is he going to make it to free agency? No, right? Andrew Wiley? Andrew Wiley, you know, he seems like the type that would go ahead and re-sign and, and not even not even necessarily on top dollar. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I, if if I'm being honest with myself, and I've brought him up as, as a, a legit option for us, um, system fit in that he, 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 he knows it and he's got, he's got, the technique, but he's not got the athleticism that we're talking about with Mike McGlinchey or uh, Josh Neiman mm-hmm. um, or Terrence Steele for that matter. Um, and, but at the same time, you know, the, it would be an upgrade over the dog shit we'd had. I can't help it. I was, you're, you're talking about Titus Howard. I yes. watched that, that Houston Miami game again. Uh-huh. And this time I was, you know, on purpose when I'm watching these, these offensive linemen, I often keep referring back to to Miami tape to, to the Miami offensive linemen, because I want a good feel for the comparison. I want a good feel for what we ask our guys to do. um, And, and what the versus what we're seeing from the other, from the potential candidate. And my God, I forgot how, 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 bad Austin Jackson was in that game <laughs> just so off he looked like he did not belong on an NFL playing field and I don't I, I don't say that lightly because his the things that he was doing out there with his hands with his feet you know with his with his body are just so not off not professional offensive linemen you know like it it's it's so alien and he's always been that way. And, um, and it's just, I don't get it. I do not get it. I frankly, I, I, I wouldn't even, I don't think I'd, I don't even know if I'd bring him to camp, <laughs> be honest. Yeah. And then this past season was a complete, he punted on the entire season. It was just, you know, he played what, two games. That, those are the only two games he played. And yeah. He, looked, he, and played, he, both he of played the first game and then he played uh, the, the Houston game and he got injured during the Houston game. Yeah. And he left both like what halfway or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, that, that enters, a, you know, is this going to be an injury prone guy on top of being just terrible at football? Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of injury prone guys, uh, Jawan James is a free agent. He is a local favorite. Everybody in that training room loves him. Uh, they'll really love him now if he just shows up. But he keeps getting handed starting right tackle jobs, and then he keeps going down. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. Denver got all excited, sent him to a big deal, went down. Ravens signed him and like, all right, we got our right tackle here. And he goes down again. He's a free agent. I will keep an eye out uh, on Jawan James as far as a camp invite. You know, just to kick the tires, man. You know, to see what do you got. He's only 30. Okay. And he's he's the uh he's the he's the Jimmy Garoppolo of tackles. <laughs> yeah. So I would keep an eye out on Jawan James, you know. It's not the worst thing in the world if our swing tackles are Eric Fisher and Jawan James. 
Well, you know, yeah, that's the thing. You can't get injured on the bench. You know what I'm saying? Miami doesn't. Miami doesn't just need a right tackle. We're we're obsessed with the right tackle and deservedly so. Um, But they need a swing tackle as well. Yes, they don't just need the right tackle. They need they need the right tackle to replace Austin Jackson, Brandon Shell, but they also need the swing tackle to um, because Greg Greg Little's not going to be back. No, he fell out of favor. I, I am. I am positive on that. Um, and and so he was he was kind of what they had in mind for swing tackle left right. And that's this is I keep going back to Cam Fleming, you know. If if he's if he only made a million dollars last year and you're wondering like how much more could he possibly make this year, he's perfect swing tackle. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get better. So, you know. Yeah. And 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 it also it, it's also interesting about Greg Little that you know, we and we hear about Matt Applebaum and what went down there. Um, he was playing a lot, and then all of a sudden he just disappeared. And Brandon Shells of the world and Kendall Lambs of the world started showing up. And it turns out that, that those things were happening when Frank Smith was the one who was actually running the offensive line room. So yeah. so we're we're beginning to learn a few things. So Greg Little, yeah, not not for not for long. Like it's not gonna work for him. You know, yeah. Eric Fisher, Eric Fisher should be back, you know. And yeah, I would look. You know, it's, we think, we, we think, think. Yeah, and that could be our swing tackle. That could be the answer. Yeah, we think, and uh, yeah, and Jawan James, like I said, a lot of goodwill there. I will keep an eye on that. You know, th- this is not a guy that's going to make much de- many demands. Okay, this is a, this is like a street guy. This is a this is this year's Brandon Shell. Um, Chris Greer has a soft spot, you know, for him, and he also has a soft spot for Larry Mutunsel. But Larry Mutunsel makes twenty four million dollars a year. Different guy. Different. Very different situation. <laughs> yeah, very different. Although they look great. Remember when those were our, our bookend tackles? Yeah, I do. Yeah. They look beautiful on that on that field. But we didn't have the quarterback. We didn't have the defense. We didn't have anything, really. Yeah. <laughs> but we had nice tackles and, and a center. Who's retiring now as a Miami Dolphin? Mike Pouncey. Today he signed a, a one-day contract. So That's right. He'll be the retiring uniforms. as a Miami Dolphin. And I would expect line. them. I would expect them to, to to hang around this team, man. They tried to get them. Uh, as I mentioned this on OnlyFans, they tried to put them in their coaching intern internship this past year. Uh, he was out there on the field this past season, so you know, not playing, but you know, he was he was instructing offensive linemen. So they they like him. There's 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 something there. Like he has a lot of goodwill. Some players are guys that just stick around the fran- the franchise forever, and Mike Pouncey is one of those guys. He's always at camp. Like you'll see him six, seven, eight times at camp. So who knows? Maybe there's a future in it as as a coach eventually. He also weighs right. about two hundred and fifteen pounds right now. By the way, we'll 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 exit on this. Uh, I think we'll exit on this um, this thought experiment. You're on the phone with the Texans. You think you're talking about Titus Howard, but you have this soft spot for Laramie Tunsil. Mm-hmm. You always have. He's got an eighteen and a half million dollar base salary this year. That's that's quite a bit. It's, it's expensive. It's not cheap. Um, you know, but he's but he's also a free agent after this year. Um, they say second round pick, and and he's yours. And you're thinking, you know what? Fuck it, I will play. And you know, once upon a time, we played him at left guard, right? Didn't yeah. They? You know. Um, you're like, well, maybe I can play him at right tackle. What do you think? Would you do it? Would you pull the trigger? Second round pick, number 51, gone. 
immediately, and I'll tell you why. Uh, without he, thinking, just without immediately. It, without even thinking, I'll tell you why. Uh, Larry Mutunsel is one of those guys that if he can't play right tackle from playing left tackle all this time, then nobody can. Uh, right. His he's his body, his athleticism, it should translate. Like there shouldn't be a problem for him. I tend, I tend to agree. I would, you know, if they if we're having that conversation about Titus Howard and they're like, you know, they're looking at that 18 and a half million dollar salary and the, the Texans are looking to rationalize some things and and they're like, you know, hey, we're we're resource gathering and that, that sort of stuff. Um, and they're like, you know, what about that second round pick of yours? Yeah, I'd probably do it. Yeah. It wasn't funny that Chris Greer volunteered that every once in a while they text each other back and forth. First of all, you yeah, should have never said something like that. You should you shouldn't say that. We're trying not to get our picks taken away from Tampa. Right? Yeah, and Chris Gear said that, and, and that Larry Mutunsel keeps messing with him, like, "Hey, come get me, come get me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't do that anymore, Larry. Okay. Yeah, don't do that. Don't 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 don't. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's it. You got a really meaty episode here. You get to dig into all of these offensive players on free agency. The next time you hear from us, we're going to be talking about defense. Linebackers, safeties, Jordan Poyer. Um, possibly an edge player. Ben Albright's out there already swinging the drum for Dermonta Jones. Uh, we shall see. We'll talk about it more oh. later on this week. Right. We'll talk about him. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.